0: Welcome, welcome everybody to the IBN Weekly College Football Podcast. This is Rivalry Week, and we are here for the big noon version of the IBN Podcast. Um, I'm waiting on my co host, Marcus Anthony, and I'm also setting up the link to post in the group. So if you guys are listening live, um, feel free to call in. The number to call is 646 668. Two five one zero, and we are going to start the show now. Marquez, what's up, bro?
1: What's going on, man? How you doing?
0: I'm good. How was your turkey day?
1: Man, turkey day was good, man. I had a really good time, <laughs> except for you know the unfortunate things that went down in Cowboy Stadium.
0: But <laughs> I was about that to ask was did you missed the game. You wasn't missed the I game. Didn't. I just <laughs> been real quiet about
2: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understand, man. Like like it's bad. I, I'm gonna save my my commentary yeah. for tomorrow's show, but it's definitely bad. Um, I'm trying to put this link in the group, and of course my keyboard is acting silly. But um, we can go ahead and kind of recap briefly um, some of the games that we saw. Um, like I don't know if you watched Mississippi State and uh, Mississippi, uh, but that was one of the wildest endings to a, a rivalry <laughs> game I've seen in a while, man. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah, I caught it. It like, was
1: a crazy game. I mean, I just couldn't – you know, it was – after the penalty, I was just like, wow. And then the dude missed the field goal. It was just crazy. You're right, like a typical rivalry game.
0: Yeah, I um, I was I was on the couch, and I was – obviously, I bet the over, but I also had Mississippi State winning. So, I was like, all right, you know, I'm running through scenarios in my head. All right, they're going to tie, because in my mind, I was like, dang, they're going to go for two. They're going to be one of those people. But then I saw him line up for the field goal. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. We get this extra point. We're going to overtime. We, it's definitely getting over. We're going to get two scores. And he missed. And it was like one of those shot things. Like, I was on the couch by myself, and I looked to my left, looked to my right, and was like, did he miss that? He didn't miss that. Because <laughs> I couldn't really tell. It was like so much going on, you know, in the, in the stadium and stuff. And then, like, the fans were jumping up and down, the camera shaking, and people running around. So I'm like, you know, sometimes when it goes in at, at certain angles, it looks like they missed and I couldn't see the rest I had to rewind it and I was like yo he shanked that and yeah. I just I was just shocked I was shocked so um yeah it was it was definitely um a good start for rivalry week I think um all things considered it is not the most ideal competition but uh or the most ideal matchup but we're definitely um in for a treat today uh, we can start talking about the 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 rankings real quick Is there anything concerning to you about the the last ranking um, from the committee? Um, No. I think um, there may be
1: an SEC conspiracy theory going on. I just think that people were so surprised that Ohio State jumped LSU for number one. But I think a good argument can be made for both sides. I just think that ultimately – the committee, they didn't want to have a LSU-Georgia, LSU-Alabama game against the one in the 14th. And I do think Ohio State is, you know, the committee does feel Ohio State's probably the more complete team than LSU. But even for me, I was kind of surprised that we jumped LSU just based on all things considering like, I think the committee really, really respects Penn State in the Big Ten this year. And it's kind of the first time we've seen this, right? Because we just assumed that, oh, you know, everyone values the SEC. They looked at you know the wins that LSU has had, but I think they said, "Oh, you know, Texas may not be what we thought they were." You know, so on and so on. But other than that, I, I think that's probably where the ranking is going to be. It's going to it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks because now you're going to have Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Utah, kind of like vying for you know that that last and final spot, possibly.
0: <clears throat> Did you hear the the? um the rumor coming out that Gene Smith quit last year because Ohio State was ranked yeah. sixth and Georgia is ranked fourth. Yeah. I, mean, I, I find that I find that interesting. I, I you know, we don't hear a lot about um the inside of of the college football committee and their selection. I would actually like to see uh something like a documentary, uh like an HBO type documentary yeah. where they maybe they don't reveal it until like um the end of the season. But like insight like that makes you wonder, you know, because we don't all agree, uh, and and a lot of them are are basically fanboys too. Um, he recused yeah. himself um, and and came back to find that Ohio State was ranked six behind a two loss two lost Georgia, and he basically quit, <laughs> which I think is awesome. <laughs> I would have walked out too, but um, I, I just I think there is somewhat of a conspiracy theory uh, with the rankings, but. A lot of it, it seems almost like um, just a, a perfect chaotic um, scenario or a perfect chaotic process. Like it just, it makes sense when it's all said and done. Um, and it yeah. typically always works itself out. I mean, with our committee, um, we've got people who, who over over the last couple of weeks didn't even have Ohio State in their top four, you know? And, wow. and um, it, it worked out in the end. Then as we got further into the season, people had Ohio State at at number one and LSU at number two, and they kept going back and forth, back and forth. And then, like I said, like this week, the top four are exactly the same. Ohio State's number one, LSU's number two, Clemson's number three, and Georgia's number four. So it it just kind of worked itself out. Um, I don't think we can talk about the rankings without talking about Oregon dropping the ball last week. What does yeah. that do for Alabama's chances of getting into the top four? Man, that
1: does a lot for Bama because now I think you you look at their final spot. So, all things going according to plan, Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU, let's say they went out. So, you're going to have Bama, Georgia. Well, probably not Georgia. They're going to lose to a two lost team in the SEC Championship game. But you're going to have Bama, Oregon, I mean, excuse me, Utah, and Oklahoma. And does the committee mm-hmm. feel. Alabama as a most deserving team, one of the best teams to get into the college football playoffs? Or is it going to be Oklahoma, who could possibly be, you know, a 12 and 1 Big 12 champion? Like, that's what I want to see because I think Oklahoma's kind of setting themselves up to kind of jump Utah. Because if Utah, even if Utah wins, I don't think people really respect Utah as much as they did Oregon. I think Oregon was the Pac 12's hope to get in the um, college football playoff, and now Bama's just sitting back is they just gotta win today. I mean maybe something happens and Auburn wins and we'll have to have this conversation but Tatum's already been in the media, you know, vying about oh, you know, Auburn's one of the, the best team we played this year. They're really good They're just listen, Nick, come on man, you <laughs> Yeah this year may not be there yet. This may this be the first year we may not see Alabama in the college football playoff. I think that's that's possible
0: yeah i agree um there's a lot of politicking going on and, and e s p n is is pushing the narrative as well um every time i wa- i'm talking I'm watching college basketball bro I'm not even watching like like marquee teams I think it was like u v a in maine and they're talking about alabama <laughs> football you know like and, and it's it's funny because you know the average sports fan isn't gonna pick up on it and they just think they' they're just talking but it's like a legitimate campaign out there to get alabama um, in the top four. And I and I get it. Like uh, somebody said, the name itself sells. You hear Alabama, yeah. you just automatically anticipate that they're one of the top teams in the nation. But when you look at their body of work this year, it's not really worth it. It's not really that impressive. Yeah. If Utah wins out, they're number six. And if Oklahoma wins out, they're number seven. Minnesota's number eight. If they went out and somehow miraculously beat Ohio State um, in the, in the championship. Those are three teams that I think should be in over Bama. If, if Georgia were yeah. to lose to LSU, and I I want to see if the committee can justify that uh, to make that jump. But if you think about it, all three of those teams are going to get an extra game, so why not? Why yeah. wouldn't they not be? You know, like I, there's the SEC is not strong enough this year that a, a, a one loss team. Should get in over a one-loss conference champion, in my opinion. I think that's what it all boils down to. But Oregon—I mean, has been so committed. disappointing.
1: Like I always ask the committee. I mean, it just the goalpost moves week to week, so you don't really know what they're looking for. Like it could be the four best teams, and they could say, "Look, regardless of conference championships, I know they—they they say they value conference championship over, let's say, a one-loss, you know, non-conference champion." But is it going to be best team or most deserving team? That's every week. That's what I ask the committee, and I look at that. That's kind of how they rank from week to week. So are they going to fail Bama, regardless? Because I think Bama's probably you know one of the top four most talented teams in the country for sure. And if you put them in the college football playoff, like you said, they sell and anything can happen. You're still talking about Nick Saban and one of the most talented losses in the country. So <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's going it's going to be interesting. I'm just so surprised. Like Oklahoma's just kind of. They just only have one loss, so I mean, to a good K-State team at that time.
0: Yeah, I'm not... Like, nobody
2: <clears throat> even talk about
0: Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Uh, wait, We're he, saying Bama not one of the four best teams. Tape doesn't matter. The goal is to get the four best teams in. And What? Is this a joke? Bama's not one of the four best teams, Ronnie. I'm reading some of the comments on the thread. I don't think they are. I, I really don't think they are one of the four best teams. I'm I'm not just saying it from an eye test, I'm just I'm just saying from from the resume, to, D, to the strength yeah. of schedule, to to just every other factor that somebody would use to determine what a top four team is in the nation right now, they are not better than any conference champion. If if that conference champion is a one loss team in the power five, they're not. They're not better than Utah. They're not gonna be better than um Oklahoma, in my mind, like it's it's just how it stacks up. They're just not better, and I don't know what to tell people, man. Changes <laughs> matter. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell people. It's, I understand you want to see Bama. They're, they're a mainstay, but it, it's times change, bro. Times change. Welcome to to desegregation in college football. All right, that's all I can say. So uh, as we roll into uh, rivalry week. What is the most um, important game for the college football playoffs going into this week? Ohio
1: State, Michigan.
0: Um, Ohio State, Michigan.
1: I think you look at yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the only game that can really impact the top four this week. I think LSU is going to handle Texas A and I think they'll win. I think who's Georgia? Georgia will win this week? I mean, I think yeah, Ohio State, Michigan. Win. Yeah. So it's it's. That has to be the most impactful game. I think, you know, it's a lot of I don't know how to feel about this game, right? I think Michigan has turned it on in the last three to four weeks. The offense has shown, you know, so shown some sign of life. You know, they got they've got weapons, Tariq Black, Donovan peoples Jones, Shea Patterson is when he's given time, right? And when he, he can make good decisions, they're a better football team. And you have so, I I don't know how no, go ahead.
0: I am gonna say so I'm I'm hesitant and and we could talk to Ron a little too as well we just put it all together uh, for Ohio State Michigan which is sad because I I really expected Michigan fans to call in but they didn't so let's put it all together we got 9.5 is the spread right now it might go up to 10 might not Um, you got Ohio State coming in favorite we know all the trends Um, but we have the X Factor in Ryan Day this is Ryan's day uh, first uh, head coaching job in the rivalry Last year, he was not the head coach, even though we probably can assume he was calling the plays or or had more of a say, Uh, but he is now officially the man. There is no more Urban Meyer, which is probably uh, a a ghost in, in Jim Harbaugh's head, and you do have Michigan playing some fairly good football coming into this game. I'm not really sure what to expect per se from Ryan Day because last week I was I was disappointed. I was very disappointed yeah. in, in the the passive game plan. I, I felt like I felt like Ohio State let Penn State hang around and if they do that to Michigan, they're going to run the chance of losing because Michigan is better than Penn State at home in my opinion. Um and they're also highly motivated. And it's not that they can't beat Ohio state. It's just that they never bring it together to beat Ohio state. All these games have been close over the last couple of years, except for uh, the one last year. It was, it was a, <laughs> a whipping, but, but the, the other two games, or I think you could say three out of the four games, Harbaugh's played and he's had a chance to win. Um, and so at some point you kind of anticipate it coming together. Like when Virginia tech lost the UVA, you, at some point it's bound to happen. I don't know if I can still commit to saying that this is the year that is going to happen, but I'm expecting a good game. Like I'm kind of on the fence with you. I don't really know what to expect. I'm taking the points with Michigan. I can see how Michigan can win. How do you think Mm. Michigan wins this game? I think Michigan wins this
1: game if they can control the line of scrimmage. If they can stop J.K. Dobbins, Justin Fields, and Master T from rolling off another 250 or better rushing day, if they can do that, I think they'll truly have a chance because I think Michigan's defense, is they're going to attack us a little differently than they did last year. And like you said, last week was a little interesting from Ryan Day. Um, he takes a very NFL approach into play calling, which is kind of frustrating mm-hmm. where he only believes that a team is what they are by what they put on film. and He plays very mm-hmm. close to the vest. Sometimes And he does that because each week I, – I mean, just from being a house State fan and you watch guys like Ted Wynn and guys who really break down scheme on like Twitter and things, it's like each week he shows you a little bit different. He comes with, you know, 31 personnel, then he'll go 13 personnel. We didn't do a lot of tempo. So I am interested to see what his play calling is early because Justin was a little banged up last week. He had three mm-hmm. fumbles. And that's a little concerning into a game that's going to be a little sloppy um, because the you know the winter and the weather conditions, so I want to know if he's going to expose Justin in the run game, and if he's going to come out being very aggressive early on and try to get the game over with, you know, try to take the crowd out, get Justin going, get the run game going. But I, I don't see it, man. I I just look at, I, I feel one. Of, I see UVA win yesterday against Virginia Tech, and my homeboys like, hey man, you know the Hokies went down, the Buckeyes are next, and I'm like. Nah, man. Like this ain't the year. It doesn't feel like it, but rivalry games you never know, man. Like you said, this is Ryan Day's first Michigan game. That's my only apprehension, man. I think Michigan can win if they control the run game and just they gotta they gotta minimize turnovers too. They gotta find a way to block Chase Young and to find explosive plays. Which I I mean, I don't know if they can find explosive plays, but they gotta do a better job than pick. I don't know what's up with teams leaving Chase Young one on one against tackles, backs and tight ends. That's
2: silly. <laughs>
0: So if Michigan yeah. can find a way to minimize him, I think they have a shot for sure. So I I can see <clears throat> I can see Michigan um, coming through with with a plan to to basically roll out away from Chase Young um, to kind of set yeah. up some some uh, passing and, and the thing about Shea that I've seen this year um, with him he's his timing is off. Even though he's in the system and people keep saying, oh, he's looking more comfortable, yeah, he's still throwing the ball late, all right? Um, he's yeah. throwing the ball late, and he has zero, zero pocket awareness. So, if Chase Young comes free, it's more than likely. I would say if Chase Young got free five times, he would strip the ball three out of the five times. Like, literally, that's <laughs> – Shea she has no pocket awareness. Um, so, I think that Michigan has to scheme away from Chase Young, early to get Shea comfortable, um, maybe try to get some, some misdirection and maybe take advantage of, of of an occasional mistake by Chase Young getting too far field and somebody cutting back. Because their <laughs> running backs uh, are fairly decent. But, but Chase yeah, Young is just so bad. good. Chase yeah. Young is just so good. I don't even want to think of a scenario where we have to go at him, you know. Um, yeah. I think Michigan um, can win this game by just being aggressive on defense. They have to be aggressive. They have, have to be, be willing aggressive. to make mistakes. They have to be willing to, to um, sell out for every pass. Um, when, when Fields has got the ball, Fields is running. The guy just had three fumbles. And he looked a little, a little beat up. You got the weather on your side. Stand him up. Go for the ball. Everybody should be going for the ball. Like, that should have been the, the key this week um, in Michigan's uh, defensive scheme is attack the ball. If they can force turnovers, I really think they're going to um, get Ohio State or get in Ohio State's head. Uh, one, we haven't seen Ohio State play from behind too much. Two, there's a lot of pressure because they've got to win this to get to the to the conference championship, and then they also have national championship aspirations. This is Ryan Day's first game in this rivalry. You gotta use all that to your advantage. You got to. You got to get them upset. You got to get in the head. Maybe push them around a little bit before pregame. Anything you can do to throw these guys off a little and make them show you that they're as good as, as everybody thinks they are. I mean, that's honestly the approach that I think Jim Harbaugh and the team has to has to take. Uh, defensively, man, I still don't think they're more athletic enough to cover in space a lot of times. So they're just going to have to take chances, man, get in, get in these guys' faces, press them, throw some blitzes at them, get a little tricky up on, up front with uh, some stunts, and just, like I said, just play like you play like you're the underdog, you know? You ain't got nothing to lose. Nobody expects you to win, so play like that, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, gotta get Shea in rhythm. Shea has to be in rhythm. They will not win this game by just running the ball. They're gonna have to move the chains through the air, and they, they got the talent at that receiver, but their quarterback is shaky, so they gotta ease him into the game. And, and by doing that, or in order to do that, you have to go away from Chase Young. Um, how do you think Ohio State wins this game? By just being Ohio State, that's it. Just don't come out. You can't have – we can't have – we lost
1: the turnover battle last week. We had four turnovers, and we still won the game by 11 points. That was pretty remarkable. But I think going on the road, Justin Fields' first big rivalry game, Ryan Day's first big rivalry game, just relax. Don't overthink it. And just come out and play Buckeye football. Run the ball. Play good defense. Allow your athletes just to be better athletes. And I think Ohio State can win pretty convincingly. And I think, I mean, it's just kind of how you feel about this. You have Ohio State who has the major talent advantage. <clears throat> but, how I mean, it, it's down to Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day. Who do you trust more? I say Ryan Day at this point. I know it's a small sample size, but based on everything I've seen in, close, in big games, Ryan Day comes prepared. He comes out to play. And Jim
2: Harbaugh,
1: not so sure about that. But I think if Ohio State could come out, minimize turnovers, and play their game, it shouldn't even be close.
0: Yeah, I just, I just got to see him. Uh, I just got to see they open it up more, man. I was, I was so mad last week. And it's not even about the spread. It's just about what I saw on the field. Like, like there was opportunities. To, like Penn State is is uh, vulnerable to big plays, man. I felt like Ohio State's yeah. game plan wasn't really trying to to go after that, go after the big plays. It was just like, you know, we'll take three here, we'll take five there, you know, we'll grind it out. But when you play like that, you're playing into their strength. Like, the same with Michigan. The teams who had success against, against Michigan have been aggressive. They've attacked them. They haven't let them uh, sit back and get comfortable. Um, and they've used a variety of different uh, ways to attack them uh, through through the air and on the ground. Just Just the scheme of it all. I don't feel like Ryan Day coached his best game last week. And I'm hoping that that was just just a hiccup. I'm, I'm hoping that it was. And uh, I personally still think that a lot of what they did last year, they can do this year and be successful against Michigan, mm-hmm. which is it's scary if you're a Michigan fan. But personnel-wise, to, to even their scheme, it's still the same to me. Like, when I watch Michigan this year, yeah, this it's, the it really feels exactly the same. So with that being said, me knowing Jim Harbaugh, he is not a good adjuster. I really think that – and I'm not going to say they're going to come out and do the exact same thing, but they're not going to stray far away from what they did last year. And that, to me, is an advantage for Ohio State, knowing that going in, that they had so much success against uh, Michigan last year that they really don't have to change it up too much uh, to, to keep that success going. But the issue is, is, is Ryan Day ready to to make those calls? Um, because last year last year like the attack seemed somewhat fundamental but but it was pretty calculated. It was a very calculated game last year like yeah. um when they were calling um those those third down shallow crosses and the, and those like big play conversions like it was all built off of the play before and things like that. You could tell they put a lot of time into that game plan last year it was it was beautiful. We need to see that this year because like I said, if they let Michigan hang around. And they give them a confidence boost. It's going to be a long, tough game, and I don't really think that Ohio State needs to put themselves in that situation uh, defensively. I mean, you got Chase Young, bro. Like nothing else to be said. You let my man do what he do. You know,
2: it, yeah. And
0: <laughs> God, God help whoever whoever's blocking him this week, man. If if hardballing them don't give that boy some help, then they, they're doing him a disservice. Like you said, there ain't, ain't a player in, in the nation right now in college football that's blocking that man one on one. It's just not happening, and and yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw Penn State try to block him with a tight end a couple times. Like, come on, man, don't <laughs> don't, yeah, was, don't insult bad. him like that. So, uh, final score for me. I've seen the the over is trending up. I think it's up a couple points now. It's at 52. I want to say it was at like 49 or something like that uh, when I saw it uh, earlier this morning. I would say we we probably have a filling-out period in the first half. We're not going to see a whole lot of points, a whole lot of big plays. But then the second half, the adjustments come in, and I'm going to side with what I see, like you said, small sample size. But what I see from Ryan Day and what I know from Jim Harbaugh, I'm still going to side with uh, Ohio State pulling it out. But I'm going to give Michigan the cover, Ohio State the win. I'm thinking like 32-28.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how I was thinking. I was thinking it's going to be like a thirty-one twenty, thirty-one twenty-one game somewhere in there. I think we'll win
0: yeah.
1: by ten points. I mean, because the spreads what, nine and a half. I think we covered. Yeah. I think we win by ten or more.
0: I bought the hook for the ten, um, just in case. Like you said, it, like the ten or more. You hope it falls on the ten. You hope they don't get blasted like last year. <laughs> because last year I was on yeah. it. Last year I was confident. Ohio State was coming in and working them, but this year, eh. So yeah. Um, so we're expecting a good game at least for the first half but then once adjustments come in uh the better coach should stand out and i think that Ryan Day is the better coach so sorry michigan i wanted to give you guys the win but i can't hold on we got to <laughs> we got to call it, but i think it's patrick patrick if this is you you only got like 2 minutes is this patrick yo what up yo no it's
2: oh <laughs> coming in on you the buzzer
0: I right, uh I gotta get I gotta get a floor to a He is the Michigan rep. He's no been doubt. here all year. Every single week he calls in and, and, and talks about Michigan, except for the week that they got blasted by Wisconsin. So Akeem, we already covered the game. I'm gonna let you have the floor. Tell me why Michigan is winning this game.
2: Why is Michigan winning? Flat out, I think it's just time, fellas. It's time. If it, if, it, if not now, whenever. I just think today's the day. I'm, I've got a good feeling. Got some good juju going on today. I know it's a tough challenge, and that's a very good team. I said early in the year that's one of the best teams they've probably ever had. But I think I said it's real hard to go undefeated in college football. And I just said I just think today the way with the way we've been trending since the Penn State game in the second half, I think it's time, fellas. No, no disrespect, Marcus. I just think it's time today, bro. <laughs> Do
0: you think y'all can buy Young?
2: Say what now? Can you block Chase Young? We're well, going to do, we'll have to do at least two, three, <laughs> two, three guys on Some. Hey, look, he said
0: no. He said no in a nice way, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> nah, forget all that. Forget all that. Look,
2: I, 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 I like the dude. I respect him. He's from the area, so I got mad yeah. respect. But the one thing a lot of people don't really talk about him, he's very. He's a very disciplined football player. Uh right? yeah. I give him big props for that. But the thing hey, is with Chase, I, hope he, I think –
1: what teams should do, what I would do is I would attack him, but in multiple ways. I would option off of him. I would run at him. I would screen at him. I would keep him guessing because when you get into you got to try to run the ball. And I think the thing that people ignore on our defense is we got ballers everywhere else, too. There's, I mean, Devon Hamilton, who's going to be a top three pick. Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith, they're going to be top NFL picks. Um, Baron Brown, and the, the linebacker, of course, has been balling. Sean Wade, Damon Arnett, Um, Jeffrey Okuda, those guys are going to be top three corners. So it's like, man, where do you – attack? like, if you just start with Chase Young, you're going to play one of those games where, okay, well, we're just not going to let Chase Young beat us. I think that's the approach that Michigan got to take. And I think you're right, man. I mean, at some point, you just got to win a game. Like, I think maybe – it was just too big. You know, whatever the moment was for Harbaugh, it's like, what you got to lose now, man? This is the number one team in the country coming in. You're the underdog. Everyone expects you to lose. Like, go for it, man. Like, I agree with you on that one. And I've been thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, in the next two games, if we lose this one at the number one team in the country, I think we still get into the college football playoff because we'll have Minnesota next week. But, yeah, I think we still get in. So, it's just like – but I mean, I don't want to lose to Michigan. I mean, I know a lot of traditional. I just don't want to lose to Michigan. Like, I just can't. I can lose to any but I just, for your sake, for Ronnie, for everybody else, I just can't to wait to see another year of misery. Because I mean, <laughs>
0: sheesh. I
1: love it. I get such. I mean, I, I want
0: to dance on. I want to dance on Harbaugh's grave. But I mean, I don't really think I get anything out of this. I get more out of the losses to like uh, Wisconsin than I do to Ohio State at this point. Um, so you think it's time. I, I I can see where you're coming from. I mean, Tech did just lose to UVA. So I know everybody's kind of hype if you're the, the typical underdog in the rivalry. Um, yeah. How do you see Ohio State winning this game? Because I, I got Marcus to talk about how he can see Michigan winning. How do you see Ohio State winning this game? Shoot.
2: How is just Ohio State being Ohio State? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what he said, too. I- that be, but actually, I think the X factor for me will probably be how Justin Fields throws the football. I'm trying yep. I'm really, I'm curious because I think the i um, Don Brown is going to bring the heat. I, I, I can, I can, I can see that because I said once he brings the heat, can Justin Fields improvise and just do his, his scramble? And I think it's going to be another X factor. Uh, but I think, it, I think he got hurt last week. I don't know. They 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 kind of said they hit him from the medium this week because uh, he got hurt. But I don't know. I'm not making no excuses about that. But I just I just noticed that. But I think he hurt his hand or something like that. But I don't think that's gonna be a big deal. But I think his scrambling overall, if we over pursue on the pass rush, I think it's gonna be a real big key in the game. If we stop or uh, get them in third and long. And for Ohio State, man, just doing what they do. They've been doing the whole year, man. and Just being consistent. So. Now
1: let me ask okay. you. Okay. If Michigan loses, what's the perception? How do you feel as a Michigan fan? Do you just say, damn, maybe it's never going to happen? Because I'm I'm just thinking on the flip side, man, I can't imagine Urban Meyer going 0-5 against Michigan. You know how that would feel, man, in Columbus and at Ohio State? And I'm like, man, I mean, he could have won five national championships over that time, but to lose to Michigan five, five consecutive times and to lose to a rookie head coach, to a guy like Ryan Day, who's his first year at the program to lose to a tr- – like, it's just the storylines behind it. I'm like, is a Michigan fan where do you go from here? Because Justin Fields and Ryan Day are coming back next year. And it's like, <laughs> well. <what? laughs>
2: I just say I just say for the next thing, just go back to the drawing board. That's it. <laughs> hey, that's all I got to say, really. I mean, because honestly, you know, Ohio State, you know, they wanted of the top five programs in the country. And, you know, I say for Michigan, we probably in the top 15, top 20. And I, I'm out, and right now I'm, I'm okay with that because we got to go somewhere to go up, you know. So if we do lose, hey, I'm just going to tip my cap y'all like I do once I did the last eight years. Excuse me, seven years. I'm already putting juju, bad juju on there. Um, But uh, I, I don't know, man. I just say, like I said, just go back to the draw home board. You got to keep it until we get it, so. Yeah, and I think think you're
1: right, and I think think that's okay to admit. I think we're just operating
2: on such, like, we're just
1: Ohio State, and we're just operating right now at a very, very high level. And what Mm -hmm. we're doing is just a lot better than Michigan. I think that's okay to accept that. I think Jim Harbaugh, and, like, not you, but, you know, the overall Michigan fan base kind of expected him to just come in and just be Ohio State overnight, but man, we're talking five or six years of top three, top four recruiting classes in Columbus. You're talking about great coaching hires. Everything that we've done has just been so much better than Michigan. Michigan's made bad hires. I mean, you lost Al Washington <laughs> and um, Greg Madison to Ohio State. You look, you got two you had two coaches on the hall Ball staff that left Michigan to come to Ohio State, and I think yeah. traitors. You know So so it's just like man, this dude just can't catch a break and I mean he's everyone a lot of people gonna be watching this game, man, because there's a lot of people in the national media that dislike Jim Harbaugh and they're waiting to bury him. There's stories typed up. Well the guy
0: next to you. Of
2: course,
0: man. Can't wait. Come on back to the NFL and do do less. Come on back. Come on back. Now I'm just Ooh. playing. Look, I wish Harbaugh the best, man. I wish Michigan the best. Um, just know that if Michigan does beat Ohio State, I'm turning on Marcus just as quick as I would turn on you. He knows that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm ultimately just going to enjoy the game because I don't have any stress. I don't have any stress. I still – I mean, the only stress I'm going to have is Michigan covering. But other than that, win or lose, I'm stomping somebody. Somebody's getting a oh, man. So best of luck to oh. you, King. Best of luck to you, bro. We're gonna uh continue with the show. Keep listening. All right, fellas. Y'all stay up, man. Alright,
2: thanks All for right, calling. Alright,
0: so I I mean we, we have to we have to appease the SEC bias. So let's talk about what's probably the second biggest game, which is Alabama traveling to Auburn, even though I don't think Bama win or lose is going to make the playoffs. We'll talk about it. Bama is a 4 point favorite over unders at 49 and a half. There is no Tua. What are we going to get, man? Cuz earlier this year, we you know, when we did the preview of the season, I did say that I think that this, I thought that this could be potentially a trap game for Bama. Um I don't know if I still feel that way, but I expect Auburn to give him a game. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think the opposite. I think Nick Saban is completely confident in Mac Jones, and I think he's going to come out and want to make a statement against Auburn. I think, to me, I view Auburn in the same light, similar as I do to Michigan, that regardless of at their best, they're still not better than Bama. And both Nicks at this point, who's been solid? Justin Melzahn has had some issues with play calling. I thought they have let some games slip away. Auburn's a good team, but no, I think Saban's going to come out and just let – Najee Harris, you know, Jerry Judy, all of those guys just go out and beat themselves. I mean, Bama's that wide core. I mean, they're, they're capable of taking a 5- or 10-yard play and turning it into an 80-90-yard play. I think they're going to ask Mac Jones to come in, just make the right read, and everything else is going to take care of itself. I don't even see this being close. I think this will be a 2- two, two to 3-score game, at least a 17-point
0: game. I do like... Um... I do like Jones a little bit more than I think some people do. Um, He's, he's very, he's very efficient. Um, He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't force the ball. Um, And I think that's one of the big things. Like he's, he's playing in a way that he knows the people around him can win them the game. If he just gets the ball to him. So um, I I don't like Bo too much, but this Bama defense isn't really that good to me. So I don't know what to expect uh, from the Bama defense. I, Maybe we could get a shootout. Maybe we don't. Um, but like you, you know, like you said, Saban's campaigning. He, he needs a, a good showing. Like they need to blow these dudes out to to really drive home the point that they belong in the playoffs. I, I really think it's at that point because they're going to ultimately have to be up against um, Oklahoma or Utah. I mean, Oregon's still going to play uh, Utah, right, in the championship in the Pac-12. Yeah, they're still going to play. Yeah, as long yeah. As so, out, they're so, I mean, there's a, so there's a chance. That's going to be a tough game regardless. You know, they're going to they're have to work for that. Georgia's going to have to work for the LSU win. Oklahoma ain't going to have to work. <laughs> but <laughs> um, actually, that's up for debate, too. Honestly, I got to see how Oklahoma plays today before I really say that. But at the end of the day, they're going to need to make this like their – because this is the last we're going to see at Alabama they don't have a – Championship game, so they need to make this their last statement, drive the point home, and then kind of hope for chaos come um, come uh, conference championship time. But uh, I, I'm still, if I had to make a lean, I'm leaning towards Bama winning just off the magnitude of the fact that they need the game. Um, Auburn isn't necessarily that good um, on offense or defense for real. Like they've got strengths, but the the totality of the team isn't really that good uh, when compared to Bama. So as much as I have concerns with the Bama defense, I do trust the Bama offense um, to to keep it uh, going enough points-wise where they're going to win by at least a touchdown. Uh, So I'm not scared of the four here. Um, I know a lot of people have been hammering the Bama money line. Uh, I would say if you want to throw the Bama money line into a parlay, I don't think you'll ever see Bama this low again. (laughs) So I would I would consider throwing that into a parlay as well, like Bama money line with with somebody else, um, that you feel is 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 in a situation where they can win and it's not too much juice. So um, give me Bama, give me them to cover the spread, even though four is a number that people don't like. I'm not really too concerned with it in this game.
1: Yeah, I think Bama's gonna win out, man. They're gonna come out and and just start They're gonna attack Auburn early because I think it's too easy just to let Mac Jones just sit back and just try to play a very conservative approach. Because I do think Auburn's defense is really good, and I think if you come out that way and you try not to lose the game instead of going out and trying to win the game, in the rivalry game, you know, something funky could happen. I think Nick Saban learned that, you know, which was what four years, oh, three yeah. years ago, four years ago, yeah, in the um uh, oh, yeah. the kick, um. Uh, so I think, yeah, I don't think – I don't have any problem with Bama. I mean, Mac Jones has looked – he's looked, I mean, albeit against Arkansas, but he's looked okay. You know, he's looked good. He's looked yeah. exactly what I thought a Alabama-caliber quarterback should look like. So as long as he can come out and just don't play bad, I think they win pretty convincingly because they trying to get in that college football playoff, man. He's not coming around. He's not coming out messing around with Auburn and dust Melvin today. He's going to try to beat these dudes. About three-quarters of
0: them. Yeah, and, and um, you know, looking at the position um, that, that Matt's been put in, we're not expecting him to come out and be a world-built be- beater. He's not Joe Burrow uh, – I can't talk. He's not Joe Burrows, um, but he's done He's done well when he's played. You know, he's, he's completed passes. He's been efficient. He's moved the ball. There hasn't been much hiccup. You can tell that him and his uh, receivers have some chemistry – um, throws come in on time, so it's looked good. It's looked good. Uh, Auburn Auburn's defense will obviously be the toughest uh, assignment he's had to face so far, but um, he's looked well enough that you you have confidence that he's capable of winning uh, football games with with him um, at quarterback. So I was looking through to see if there's anything else. There's really not anything else. Just those two games as far as the playoffs go. But never fear, there are good games to cover, um, and there are good games to bet on this week. Um, have you had a chance to look at anything that you would consider a best bet? Man. I'd say the best bet
1: this week. It's some interesting games, rivalry games, but one that I like, um, the Navy in Houston, Navy 8.5, that was a lot. Um, I think that's about it. There wasn't really too many games. Indiana's only given 7 to Purdue. I think that's a lot. And I think maybe Kentucky and Louisville is I like Louisville as a dog. I know it's a road dog, but you're talking about a seven four Louisville team and Scott Satterfield who's bounced back and played well this year. Kentucky, I mean, they're balling with Lynn Bowden. I mean, if you've been watching them they're essentially a wildcat offense. I think oh my God, it's, Louisville is more Yeah, it's a bit like it's it's literally a Wildcat offense and you feel like a single wing nineteen sixties football yeah. and Louisville's been my Indiana, too, in the ACC. They've been pretty good. They've been pretty good against the spread this year, and they've won some games for me Moneyline straight up. So I like that Louisville plus three against Kentucky. That'll be a game I definitely watch.
0: Yeah, I am in full support of the Louisville plug. Um, I I just – Kentucky, I don't know why anybody would watch Kentucky football unless they're a fan, but I, I will admit that I have watched Kentucky football a couple times this year. And it's incredible what they've been able to do uh, without their quarterback, and it, it reminds me a lot of when uh, Art Browse uh, put up 600 yards on, on North Carolina which basically a receiver at quarterback. Um, similar, similar, uh, you know, wildcat-type formation with, with a little, little bit of pull action here and there, but for the most part, it's just an athlete with vision, and you give him the ball and you say, please just give me a first down. And uh, it's, it's work, but Louisville's got more talent than what they've been up against for the most part, and they actually have the ability to score points. So um, I, I think um, that's a good a good road dog um, to to go for on the money line and on the uh, spread. My best bet is actually on the rise. My best bet this morning, I woke up at like 4:30. Checked my phone because I had a bad day yesterday, and I looked over the lines, and somehow, way, Tulsa and East Carolina was at an over-under of 61. Now, let me tell you about Tulsa and East Carolina, people. East Carolina gives up almost 500 yards of offense every week. <laughs> they also get about 500 yards of offense every week. Um, I haven't seen a team go to East Carolina now and not score. I have not seen East Carolina play at home and not score. Tulsa is not known for their defense. They are known for their offense. It's kind of waned a little here and there, but there is no matchup that I thought was better for two offenses. Like, literally, they could combine for 1,000 yards, honestly. And uh, the over-under was at 61 uh, this morning. I made the call, and it's at 63 right now, and looks like it's still climbing. So, kickoff's in an hour. I wouldn't be afraid of the 63 either. Honestly, you're probably looking at like a 42-35 type score um, in this game. And I actually kind of like East Carolina for the upset play. Um, I'm a little nervous, uh, but Tulsa hasn't been in good form. It would be one of those things where I saw East Carolina almost beat Cincinnati at home, and Cincinnati was actually playing good ball then. Um, East Carolina has been the better-looking team over the last couple of weeks, and you're almost getting two-to-one value. I like the plus six. Um, home dog plays for the money line. This is at five and a half, so it's still tempting to me. Um, so yeah. I'm probably fully invested in East Carolina today. I mean, worst case scenario, you're still going to get the over. Um, I even took them on the spread at, at one point. It's it's one of those things where it's just like I'm, I'm filling it out. But uh, I, as a, as a twelve o'clock game, I really like that game, and uh, I expect a lot of points. It won't be on TV, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> let's see. Obviously, Ohio State, Michigan, everybody's getting action on that. We we said what we said. Um, it's at nine and a half. It probably won't go to 10. And if you're going to back Michigan, I would back them at 10. If you're going to back Ohio State, I would back them at nine and a half and, and anticipate them to get at least 10 or more. Um, I'm backing Michigan just because of what I saw at Ohio State last week. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it, like, the the strongest vote of confidence on a scale of one to five. I'm at, like, a three and a half with it. But I'm confident enough to take it and and, and make the call. I'm just – I wouldn't put my house on it, put it that way. Um, Clemson, South Carolina, nobody wants to see that. Indiana, (laughs) Purdue, I I think it's a little trappy, man. Purdue's known to be tough at home. Indiana's kind of banged up. yeah. Indiana is pretty – actually, not even counting. They had, like, 20 injuries last week. Every time somebody <laughs> touched the ball, they got hurt. And and the injuries were all skilled position players. Like, every receiver yeah. got hurt. It was crazy. So, I would check to see how healthy they are. Um, and then just say that uh, you can kind of trust Purdue at home. Uh, I would check Purdue's health, too, because they've got a key playmaker that has been out. Um, i out like to check to make sure he comes back as yeah. a receiver. A little shifty guy. I forgot his name, but he's pretty, pretty right, solid. Illinois. Yeah, yeah, more. Um, Louisville, like I said, and, and uh, Marcus said, getting the three looks good. Northwestern, I would never bet Northwestern.
2: Illinois is getting,
0: <laughs> uh, Illinois is giving seven. I'm not too scared of that. I tend to not bet on bad teams, so that's the only reason why I didn't uh, play it, but I'm more confident in them covering that than Northwestern doing anything. They are Easily one of the worst uh, Power 5 schools out there. Um, Syracuse at or Syracuse hosting Wake Forest is at 5. Syracuse has been pretty good the last couple of weeks, I think. I think they covered last week, too. I think I have to go back and look. But um, the over-under at 68, is, it seems like it should go over. But I would take a look um, just because Wake Forest defense hasn't been all that bad. And Syracuse offense, although they've been rolling a little the last couple weeks, I would just do a deep dive on the numbers just to make sure it looks good. But um, you're getting five uh, with Syracuse. I mean, I guess it just depends on how much you like them. Uh, Liberty, yeah. back. <laughs> Favorite at 14 and a half against New Mexico State, who I am pretty sure the Lobos are not known for football. Um. I don't know, that's an interesting line considering Liberty Liberty's been doing pretty well against the number for a team that's in their first year of uh D one ball, so or FBS ball. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I wouldn't take the over. Um the weather's not all that great back home and I'm I'm from the Lynchburg area, so it's not all that great back home. The sixty five and a half, they're gonna have to work for that. Uh an interesting game. Middle Tennessee visiting Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's nine and a half. Western Kentucky has been rolling people, rolling people this year. Yeah, um, they have. Um, Middle Tennessee isn't necessarily the strongest team uh, offensively this year. I'm very curious about that. I actually, don't don't like. I mean, I actually don't mind that line. Like I said, Western Kentucky's been really balling, and uh, I think they got some some aspirations for uh, a bigger bowl game. So they're going to be highly motivated. The over-under you would think would hit over because Western Kentucky's is putting up a lot of points, and Middle Tennessee is a uh, tempo team. But um, you, I would take a deeper look at the red zone um, capability of Middle Tennessee because uh, last well, – or actually day before yesterday, was yesterday yesterday I played Central Michigan over um, in the Toledo game, and Toledo just didn't do it for me. They only got seven <laughs> points. They weren't, They weren't good in the red zone. And, sure, uh, I think it was like 64 was the over-under. And I don't know how else to explain it other than I would never dream in a game where Central Michigan scores 49 against Toledo that I would not get over 64. But it happened. Yeah, <laughs> The score was 49-7. So, um, take a look at the red zone uh, numbers for Middle Tennessee. Make sure they're a little efficient and then take your shot. Uh Air Force, quietly one of the better teams. Um in the military. Academies, 12 and a half, Wyoming. The over-under is at 41. I would lean under in that game. It's going to be super cool. Uh, Wyoming is not an explosive offense. Air Force runs a triple option. It's a good spot to play the under there. And let's see. I think we did 3 o'clock games. Oh, this was a game we didn't cover, man. My bad. Wisconsin visiting Minnesota. Yeah, plus three Minnesota. What you think on that, man?
1: Man, I I like Minnesota. They're at home. Actually, I mean, they got college game day there for the first time ever. I like them with the three points. I think they're more. I think they can get more explosive plays when they need to than Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to come out and try to just be Wisconsin ground and pound them to death, but I think Minnesota has a um, a really good route receiving core. Um, Tanner Morgan is a really good quarterback. And they got some athletes, man. They got some guys from South Florida and from different areas, California, that can make some plays. I, I like Minnesota as a lock with the three. I, I think it'll be a low-scoring game of 21-18, 21-17 type of
0: game. Okay. I, um, it's, I mean, this is a tough game to catch. Me. I mean, i just going keep it a bucket. No, 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 no. I ain't going whiskey. I'll just say it's a tough game to cap. I'll put it that way. It's a tough game to cap. Uh, since I'm back in Minnesota, I think Minnesota wins outright. I w- I'm putting Wisconsin on upset alert. I don't think they should be favored here. Um, I, I feel like its it's a... It's an obvious trap. So that's why I'm slightly confused by it. Minnesota has blitzed people at home, man. Like, they haven't played any games with anybody that's visiting Minnesota. Um, The RPO that they run should really give Wisconsin some fits um, because they're not the most athletic defense. They're better, but to me, they're just not the most athletic defense. And I feel like they're going to basically get the same type of plays that they got against Penn State uh, with less of a pass rush. So, um, I like Minnesota to win here outright. Uh, I'm not even going to take the three. I'm just going to go straight for the money line and give me Minnesota. So um, just an interesting line, though. I just don't understand. And it's kind of like when Minnesota was visiting Iowa. Like, to me, it was just so obvious of a trap line. They're coming off the big win against Penn State, and and, uh, they're going to to play in in a place that's tough to play in, and it was just like an obvious trap line. And here, I think it's the same scenario Wisconsin coming into a place that's tough to play against a team that's highly motivated, wants to get uh, to the championship game, needs to, needs this win, not only for themselves, but for the program. It's so much bigger uh, in Minnesota's eyes. And I think Wisconsin, for what it's worth, is a little disappointed that they're not undefeated and, and it's it's going to show. So I'm not saying they're going to lay over, but I don't think they're going to have the same um, pushback as Minnesota coming into this game. So. Uh over under is at forty five. I wouldn't touch it. I don't like overs in uh Wisconsin <laughs> game, Especially when they're playing against stingy defenses. Uh Penn State is a thirty-nine and a half point favorite against Rutgers. We always laugh about how many points people get against Rutgers. And that's pretty laughable <laughs> too. Uh the over-under is at fifty. Think about that. Do what you want with that. I'm not touching it, but I'm just saying a team's favorite to win by forty and the over unders at fifty if you got them covering you know uh and, and we've actually seen that a lot this year um with over unders on our teams like we've seen guys um or I've seen guys that have been um you know in that situation where it's a, it's a lot of points, and then the spread is even more points um scrolling through hey. Did you see the most interesting line of the day? Florida or Florida Miami is a nine-point favorite against Duke. In Duke, yeah, I saw that. I mean, I guess I guess it's one of those things where Duke just hasn't looked good either. But I mean, how could anybody back Miami at any point right now? They just lost to what was yeah. it uh, F I U? Was it FIU, FIU
1: yeah, and that's they they like, went okay. to F I U and lost, Ooh. right? Yeah, and Duke, and that's what I was like, man, nine points. I get it. Duke has looked bad, but, I mean, they've had moments where, I mean, they've at least looked better than FIU. They beat Virginia Tech earlier in the season. and They've been so-and-so up and down. But I'm like, man, giving Miami nine points, I'd like Duke to cover that.
0: Damn. Uh, breaking news alert, Terrell Pryor was stabbed in his apartment in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Michigan fans are wild out here today. Y'all be careful. Marcus, you be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, let's see. Think, uh, uh, um, a, chick,
1: a chick stabbed
0: him. In, in, in a chick stabbed him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save my commentary for offline on that one. <laughs> uh, SMU and Tulane, interesting game. Uh, probably gonna be high scoring, uh, which they got yep. the half. That makes sense. I'm not sure if I like the half here. I would definitely buy the hook, and I would favor SMU just because Tulane really hasn't been that good on the road. Um, A little slightly Disappointed in SMU this year Or at least their program is probably a little disappointed But they're still a decent team And um, like I said I'm about to hook but I expect them to win this game Uh, Tulane is definitely uh, A little disappointing this year I thought they would be more of what Cincinnati has been But it just didn't work out that way Um, But they'll put up a fight Uh, Let's see The best team in Texas, North Texas I'm just playing (laughs) Oh man Let me leave leave Texas alone, man. They came back and won. We'll we'll give them a a pass. Uh, One of the more interesting games to uh, bet on, and and we've only got a couple minutes left, but we're going through the whole slate. Uh, One of the more interesting games to bet on, Iowa State is visiting Kansas State, another game that I have on upset alert. Um, Kansas State money line right now plus my 60. You're getting four points with Kansas State. It actually was at five, I want to say, earlier today. Um, the over-under was at 45, is now down to 44.5, and, and I will tell you right now, the weather is looking to be uh, in favor of Kansas State. The matchup, however, is somewhat looking to be in favor of Iowa State. Um, Iowa State <clears throat> runs a 335. Um, 3 They're actually very solid against the run. Kansas State's running game seems to be more um, geared towards misdirection, getting guys pulling and things like that. I think the three-three-five is a little more aggressive against the run, so they're going to have people unaccounted for. There'll be opportunities for tackles for loss. Uh, Kansas State has the ability to run a little bit of power game. Um, matchup-wise, that would be in their favor. I'm not sure how they're going to – if they're going to commit to that. Iowa State strength mm-hmm. on offense is passing. Kansas State's strength on defense is um, past defense. And – We've got wind gusts coming in at about 22, 23 miles an hour. That will matter. Um, I took Kansas State um, in what I'm assuming is going to be a low-scoring affair uh, based off the wind and the fact that both teams are probably going to be committed to just running the ball. And um, Kansas State is a grinder. They're at home. They grind at home. Um, I will take the points any day of the week. I'm thinking worst-case scenario they're going to lose by a field goal or they're going to outright win. I did get some value on Kansas State last week in the Texas Tech win, and I'm basically back again looking for that same value here against the Iowa State team Um, that's not as good as Oklahoma, and Kansas State beat Oklahoma at home. They're a pretty decent home team, both of them coming in at Mm -hmm. 7-4. I like everything about Kansas State today.
1: Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough game. It's going to be tough. Iowa State's been playing good ball, like you said. Matt Campbell's a good coach. Their defense is actually, you know, pretty aggressive, pretty attacking. They're running good defense. The so offense is solid. K State, I don't know. If they go. Their offense goes through lapses, man, where they just look really, really good, or they just look really, really bad. Like they just can't get any anything explosive going, or they just can't consistently, you know, maintain drives. But man, I, I might, I might have to side with the Cyclones, man. Iowa State, man.
0: At least a touchdown. Say At least a touchdown. I mean, if they score yeah. touchdowns, they're probably going to win. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't <laughs> think in a, in a in a game where it's like a shootout, K State definitely ain't winning. Um, but in the yeah. game where hopefully the win plays a factor in, yeah. against the passing and stuff, I, I think it favors the more ground-oriented team. Um, looking yeah. at looking at a situation where. K-State gets a couple turnovers and, and get some points off of that, get a little help, basically. Um, and then um, from what I've seen this year in matchups similar to this, when when there's a good passing offense going against a good passing defense on the road, the, it favors the uh, passing defense um, a lot of times this year. And, and there's been a lot of examples of that. Um, Eastern Michigan is one of the lower examples that I could use. But Eastern Michigan um, – in the MAC, I think they've got one of the more prolific passing uh, offenses, but they've played a couple good passing defenses this year on the road, and, and they've struggled. Um, so, looking for some help from the elements, thinking that it could play a, a role, um, yeah. but that that would be my my lean there, uh, again, um, looking at Kansas State. Uh, you said Navy, Houston, you thought the eight and a half was too much. I do somewhat agree. Houston is one of those teams that they they're trying to be bad but they're they're not good at being bad. So <laughs> uh, they, they might end up actually getting lucky and winning. Who knows, man? Like they're just a weird team. Uh the fifty seven and a half is probably asking too much. Um maybe it's still gonna control the ball with the, with their uh with their ground game and the triple option, so they might be asking too much. Um I have no interest in Florida State and Florida, although my friend is <laughs> taking Florida State to cover. I'm not interested, man. Um <laughs> just, I just want this season to be over. I, I don't think anybody's going to be happier than me when this when this game ends today because we can finally get rid of the whole tagger era and hopefully start moving forward. I just want to forget about this year. <laughs> um San Diego State BYU, I like the under 38 there. Uh just because San Diego State is the worst offense in the Power 5, man. They're so terrible. But they always find a way to win because they're really disciplined. So, uh, I, I really think that's going to be a, a slugfest. I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, 17 to, like, 10 type score. Um, but the under there, I like. What do you think about Arizona State and Arizona um, over yeah, under? Yeah, I thought that was 14. Half? Yeah, it's 14 over yeah, under. I like, I under like, I like and a half. Yeah. And that would be the probably the last game. I mean, Fresno State, San Jose State, it's at one and a half. Fresno State's been a little disappointing to me this year, but if you're betting on Fresno and San Jose, man, we we probably need to have an intervention. Just go bet basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that serious. We don't need to do that in the last week of the season, man. Same with Cal and, and UCLA. Like, th- those are four of the worst teams uh, in college football. We don't need to do that. Um. So, oh, and then there's one last game that I didn't – cover. I didn't see because it says December first Army is visiting Hawaii, and Army is getting two and a half and the over under is fifty four and a half. I actually like the over there I like the over there yeah i mean it's it's gonna be tempos high I mean I might actually make that call later that might be a good nightcap play and uh, I'll even stay up and watch it but Army Army's gonna move the ball and Hawaii's definitely gonna move the ball through the air. So I really think the over there is going to be um, pretty good because when you're, when you're taking tempo teams against triple option, generally you hit the over case in point uh, well, a week or so ago, SMU playing, um, playing uh, Navy. We had called that over as well. I think that was at like 67 or something like that. And we were like, oh, yeah, that, that should be fine. Um, just because, again, you're getting a lot of possessions. The clock is moving constantly uh, on one side, but stopping constantly on the other side. And, and the ball is actually moving. Like these teams don't punt. And they, they just go, go, go. So uh, really good for for any over-under that is under 60. I would love the overs um, against Tempo versus Triple Option. So a uh, good spot there. All right, so we took you through the whole day. I know it's a lot, but, I mean, shoot, some of those plays I even gave out to to my clients. So I'm hoping we have a good day. Marcus, you got any parting words? This is our official last regular season podcast Um I'll give you the floor. Let you say what you guys say. And go Buckeyes. <laughs>
1: Man, go Bucks. I think today is going to be, you know, just another day as usual being a Buckeye. I mean, this has been a good college football season and I'm just so surprised that has gone as according to plan. There's really been no major upsets. You know, we've usually had a upset weekend where things just go crazy in college football. We haven't had that. And I, I don't. I don't know if this is going to be the weekend. I don't know if next weekend is going to be the weekend. But I still think there's something. That's just college football. Like the season can't go just this, this smoothly. Like I just can't believe that. So I don't know. We'll see, man. It's, it's going to be a good day for the Buckeyes. I think Bama, the the usual suspects, man.
0: I just saw on the uh, Big Noon uh, show somebody had a uh, a Michigan fan was holding up a sign and Ohio State was holding up a sign. And they said Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> so you have to <guys> collaborate <laughs> on something. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I'm excited for the day. Uh, I'm gonna watch uh, Ohio State and Michigan, um, and then I'm probably gonna go work out because I'm just I'm just not on the SEC bias. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just not. <laughs> um, I am I'm happy for this year. Um, I think we had a good year of college football. Uh, like you said, there was no like weekends where people were just dropping you know i think there, like sometimes in college football we have uh weekends where it's like people don't want to be ranked they just want to keep losing um but we didn't really have too much of that i'm still sticking to my guns that we're seeing a changing of the guard and a lot of these old blue bloods are going to be pushed out here soon like unfortunately florida yeah. state and miami um nebraska like you know I really think that they're going to fade from people's memory here soon because they're just not winning enough. They're not getting enough exposure. The programs are looking like crap. And I mean, if all I'm seeing is Ohio States and LSUs and, and, uh, Oklahoma's and stuff like that, they're, they're in big games. they're scoring a lot of points and it looks fun. That's probably what I'm going to go with. Um, and I think, um, the presence of some of these blue bloods is, is waning a little. So, um, I'm interested to see how that plays out in the near future. Hopefully we can talk about that again next year. Uh but as far as this year goes, um it's been a good year. It's been a decent year of gambling, decent year of entertainment. Oh yeah,
1: it's
2: been good. Um, Gouges,
0: baby? <laughs> I don't even know if I have T that I just constantly bet on this year. I didn't I didn't have anybody that I constantly bet on. Maybe maybe baby, but um I don't Really care who wins the game. I'm sticking to that because again, if if Harbaugh loses, the expectation is that he loses. So I don't really get, I don't really get to throw it in Michigan's face uh, if he loses. Now if he gets blown out again, then for sure I can I can dance a little on his grave again because that would just be too much to a first year coach and you lose by like twenty at home again. Um, so I could get something out of that, but I'm still sticking to Buckeyes. Although I. I I hate you pompous bastards. <laughs> you and Chase. I, I probably would get just as much joy out of seeing y'all lose as I, as I see Harbaugh lose too. So it's, it's just one of those games. we just going to enjoy a good football game. Um, In the meantime, everybody just, you know, stay safe out here. It is the holiday weekend. I know people are going to be drinking left and yeah. right. Stay safe. Enjoy the football. We will be back next week probably for a shorter show uh, for the conference championship games, and then uh, we will work out how we're going to do the bowl selection um, with my um, committee group, and then um, I will put out more details about that on the Facebook group and let everybody know. Marcus and I will reveal the bowls, and uh, we will do bowl predictions as well. Um, If we got to go through a whole show, I might split it up in two shows um, where we do like half of December, one show, and then the other half, and then give the uh, college football playoffs on um, their own show. Um, I'm also looking to uh, try to do something like the, the coach's room for the playoffs. Um, if if I got to go live and kind of talk about what I see and stuff like that, I'll try. Yes. I'll work out some details on that and share that with you guys as well. Um, so again, been a great year. Good first year. This is the last regular season college football podcast um, and I am IBS Jesus signing off, and my co-host Marcus Anthony. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> Go Buck. <laughs> Peace.